right, I'm going to uh, read two passages today. Um, I'm going to start with Hebrews 13, the first three verses, and then move on to um, Genesis 18, the first 15 verses. Um, and I'm reading them in that order quite simply because that's the way I'm going to deal with them in the message. And um, what I need you to do today, those of you who are gathered here live, um, because you are here and it's really, it's really awesome to see you, by the way. It, it's, I made a little humor about it at the beginning and Ruthann just let the emotion hit her. I was just protecting myself from the feeling of seeing all of you people live um, as we preach, um, as we lead. So what I need you to do at the end of the reading is I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord and you're going to say thanks be to God and you're going to say it loud enough that you can hear it in my mic so that the people on live stream can hear it, Okay. Okay? You're live, you can respond. It works really, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And then Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. And then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something um, to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you've come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were, were already very old. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is, there not, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh, but he said, yes, you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Awesome. Oops. All right, we are um, continuing. No, we are ending that long series. It's been about five months of learning missional practices. So what that means, of course, is that after today, you are fully equipped to engage in your missional practices and be on mission wherever you are. Chances are you are already able to do that a long time ago, but um, this is the end of this series. And we are finishing the little um, sub part of that, the love your neighbor part. And today as we talk about hospitality, 
Um, so last week when we talked about the Good Samaritan and, and the week before that, we, we, we looked at really allowing other people to be hospitable to you. And that really is um, a first way into many people's lives, also in our culture. Um, but today we're looking at there is also a time where you need to be the one who's hosting and allowing people to come into your life. And on this slide, I have uh, The Art of Neighboring. I think it's been up there three weeks, and I've never mentioned anything about it. It's actually the title of a, of a series um, that's online on Right Now Media, I believe it is, if you have any connection with that. And one of the neat things it does is it, it tells you to just take a little, sort of like a bingo card, just three by three squares, right? Consider yourself to be the house in the middle, assuming you live in a neighborhood, and then at least know what are the names of the three people across from you, what are the names of the people on either side of you, and what are the names of the people behind you, um, if that works. And of course, if you don't live on a street, so my old place had a ravine behind it, so I knew all their names. They were fox and deer and rabbit, right? That was the easy part. Um, but then you just take more people from across, make sure you get a sheet of nine. Um, we had a God often actually gives me stuff for my sermon during the week, and I'm very appreciative of him for that, appreciative of that to him. I can't talk when you're sitting here. You all have to leave. I'm very appreciative to him for that. So yesterday, uh, we, have, we have a large um, hedge at the back of our property, so I can hear the people who live behind me, but I can't see them. Um, but just in time, yesterday evening, while we were out in the back, the neighbor was up on his ladder and up in his tree cutting off some limbs so that he was enough above my hedge that I could see him, introduce myself, say I'm your new neighbor, and find out his name, quickly write it down on my sheet so that I now have a complete bingo card and can say, neighboring bingo. Um, I invite you to play along. And then listen and listen. I said last week, and I want to repeat it again, because as I summarize a five-month series, you're thinking, do I have to remember everything that he said? And I can tell you, I can't even remember everything I said. So just remember two words, listen and listen. And observant learners know that's actually just one word, listen. Listen to God. What is God saying? What's he saying to you in your devotions? What's he saying to you through nature? What's he saying to you through the people that you meet? And listen to your neighbor. And listening to your neighbor means, what is this person's story? Um, what are they all about? What are their needs? What are their connections? What are they hoping for? And of course, since you're listening to God and you're listening to your neighbor, you're going to find out that some of those conversations are going to overlap, and that's the place where God wants to meet them through you in your neighboring practices. Um, so that's everything you really need to know, and now I'm going to preach the rest of my sermon. This is a summary of Hebrews 13 on the screen there, um, and I call it the growing flow of love. Because it starts with keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, right? It starts here. Church should be the place where we practice listening to each other and listening to God so that we are prepared, hopefully in, in a safe place, um, to know how to do that and to figure out, whoa, this is, this, is a, this is a stuck spot for me. This is what makes me angry. This is what makes me impatient. Work on those things so that we're just a little bit better at it when we get out to verse 2, which is do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, Right? Strangers. Strangers, um, in the Greek, by the way, is basically um, love, of, love of the strange. Hospitality, sorry, is love of the strange. Philo, xenia. Xenophobia is fear of strangers. Philo, Philadelphia. Philos is love of a brother, right? So hospitality is really loving those people who are strange to us, all right? And so um, I guess most of us have this natural inclination to think, that person is strange, and maybe we've heard stranger danger, and so we, we, we push away from that. And now, again, there's healthy boundaries. Don't lose those. 
But hospitality is going, when is it my calling? When is God telling me as I'm listening to him to be hospitable, to be welcoming, to connect with those strangers? Interestingly, the rest of this verse talks about, um, for some have entertained, and it talks about angels, I'll get to that piece, but that word entertained also has xenia in it. It also has stranger in it. So actually what entertaining is, what, what hosting and, and, and welcoming somebody is, is playing the stranger, right? Being, being the strange one to them, being strange enough, I guess it's, it's, is a way of saying it, that they feel welcomed and comfortable um, coming and connecting with you. And then the third one, verse three here, the growing flow of love moves to continue to remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them and those who are suffering as you are suffering with them. That call to say, okay, there's those we already know and love and have an easy time connecting with and then there's those who are stranger, a stranger to us that we need to welcome in that probably takes a little bit more effort and then there's those who we have to actually go and see them because they're in the hospital, they're in prison, they're in trouble, right? And that takes that next level and I encourage you to watch your life, watch how God calls you on mission to recognize these three levels of the growing flow of love in your life as well. He was 99 after all, Abraham. Verse starts, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. So if you grew up with the same work ethic that I did, then sitting around in the middle of the day was just wrong. But Abraham was 99 after all, so shoot, if you're 99, I'm going to give you permission to sit in the heat of the day, sit in the door of your tent and relax. Sit on your stoop, right, in your rocking chair, whatever you need to do. But the reality is it wasn't Abraham being 99 that gave him permission to sit around in the middle of the day. If you flip back a chapter in your Bible to Genesis 17, he got circumcised at 99. And so all the more reason for him to be quite fine sitting in the door of his tent doing nothing in the middle of the day. And that detail, by the way, is not just frivolous, it's very important for the rest of the story as well. So Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And Abraham, in a story that's introduced in verse 1 as Abraham was visited by the Lord by the oaks of Mamre, Verse 2 says, he looked up and saw three men standing nearby. And as I see that, I'm thinking, my theological mind goes, wow, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity showed up at um, Abraham's tent for hospitality. It also talks about angels. It also talks about Lord in the small and Lord in the big. So the story doesn't actually tell us exactly how God appeared to Abraham in this story, but it does make it really clear. Whoever these people were, Oh, however God showed up, this was a conversation between Abraham and God. And I want to suggest to you that as we think about hospitality today, as I talk to you about what it means to be a hospitable people, recognize this one thing, that God might be showing up to you in whoever that strange person is that you show hospitality to. And again, that's why we need to listen. Listen to who God tells you to be hospitable to, and listen, listen, listen to the person that you are hosting because God gives messages through the strangest people sometime, and that's important for us to pay attention to. Two hurries, a bow, and a run. The passage says, when he saw them, he, Abraham, remember, he's 99 and he was just circumcised, hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. A little later it says that he 
hurried again, and then it says that he actually ran, right? So not only is his personal condition at that moment making running painful, people of Abraham's status, he was a great landowner with many slaves and so on, they just didn't run in that culture, right? That was just craziness for him to be running. And so we see here that Abraham had an incredibly powerful sense of hospitality and that there was nothing more important for him than to be the best host that he could possibly be um, to the people that came his way. So um, a lot of the material I'm going to give you today and already have been giving you comes from my recently favorite podcast called Bema Discipleship, B-E-M-A. And I know Tony wants you to read something and now I'm giving you a podcast and I've come to realize you will decide exactly what it is, but listen to me, not to Tony. Um, (laughs) But Bema um, has really inspired me in the last little while to rethink some passages and some teachings of Scripture um, over the course of the summer as I move into whatever my summer series is going to be called. um, I will be using a lot of their material to help us think deeply into some of this stuff. And the, the teacher, Marty Solomon from Bema, he has been to Israel a number of times, and he knows people like Ray Vanderlaan, whose name may be familiar to you. He knows um, George, who was actually my rabbi at the time that we went to Israel. And as he looks into these things, he helps us see what is it like to understand these stories as if you're actually living in that time and in that land, right? And if you've been to Israel, um, you've, you can see it's a pretty different place than where we live here. So when we were there, my version of this story is we went up what was probably Mount Sinai. There's a few options for what Mount Sinai was. And the next day, so we slept on Mount Sinai. We came down in the morning, and as we're coming down, we see a few tents and some, some, some growth, because you're really in the desert. And with all 50 of us, we were a busload. We walked into that person's encampment, and they gave us food and drink. Right? And our North American impulse is, do we leave a tip? Do we pay these people? Right? And your guide goes, don't you dare. Do not insult these people because it's their incredible privilege to be your host. So Marty Solomon, the, the Bema teacher, his version of it is he was doing a very similar thing. I think Ray Vanderlaan was his, his lead. And they went to a, a camp which they happened to know was a Muslim community, kind of relevant in considering uh, this week's news. And these little children from this Muslim community see these white, likely North American or European people coming towards them, and those children run out and they greet them. They say, come to our place, come to our place. And so Marty says, honestly, what I'm thinking is, are we really going to be welcomed by a Muslim family in the desert? And do they really dare just send their children out to run among us? They fed them everything they had in their cupboards. There was no announcement that they were coming. Hospitality in the Middle East is of such a priority, right, that when you come into that area, they will protect you with their lives, whether you share religion or values or color or any other um, distinguishing factors. Um, Hospitality is of that level. You may have heard at some point that um, the terms cold culture and warm culture, we, me in particular, are cold culture, Um, Northern Europeans, uh, North Americans, um, we're kind of business-oriented and fact-oriented and let's-get-stuff-done-oriented. So if you come to my house and you have something to say to me, my expectation is that you will lead with, I'm here to talk about this, right? In fact, in this world, if, if, as your pastor, if you want to talk to me and you make an appointment, I usually expect that you're going to say, I'd like to come to talk to you about this, and then when you come, we will talk about that. 
I have a warm culture friend, and I've begun to learn more and more about warm culture as I've done international things. My warm culture friend, he's, he's Hispanic. He never starts a conversation with me without starting with, so how's your wife, and how are your children, and how are things going? And I must admit that in my mind I'm going, and when are we going to get to the point, Peter? What are we going to be talking about here? But you realize that when he takes that time to figure out who I am and how I am, he's saying, I honor you whether you like what I'm going to say, agree with what I'm going to say, receive what I'm going to say, whether you can help me or not. I want to honor you as a person. And hospitality, warm culture hospitality, biblical hospitality is the kind of thing we can really learn to lean into. I can promise you I'm never going to become someone who goes, oh, he's obviously warm culture. But I can learn a few more steps of what does it mean to be that kind of hospitable person. The privilege of hospitality. This is how Abraham says it. If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Please, 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 please come in and let me host you. How many of you, if somebody walks by your street, says, please, after you've had a brief conversation, please come in and stay for three hours and allow me to feed you um, a meal, right? It's a, it's a beyond our usual expectations kind of hospitality. Although it sounds like a pit stop. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. So this, so far, sounds like if I'm on my bicycle and I'm riding by and it's a hot day and I'm really sweaty and I'm running out of water, I might stop at your place and you'll offer, I'll turn on the hose for you. I will hose you down. That would be kind of fun. I will let you fill your water bottle and then you can be on your way. And you would expect that in five minutes or so I would be on my way. I'd probably talk a little longer that and stay for 10 minutes, but you'd expect me to be on my way, right? That's our culture. Look at this. First, it's all hands on deck and all hands in a hurry. Abraham hurried into the tent, there's that word again, to Sarah. Quick, he said, and she had to make some bread. We'll get to that piece. Then he ran to the herd, that's where he runs, and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who also hurried to prepare it. So the master of the household, Abraham, is obviously um, high energy, excited about what's going on here. He's got his wife, he's got his family, he's got his extended family, he's got all of his servants on high alert. We're doing something here, let's go. So he selected a choice tender calf. I'm guessing not too many of us have one of those in the backyard, but imagine, right, that you have... um, Um, You have animals on your property that you can um, butcher and prepare a meal. What an amazing tribute that is to the person who's come. And that said, we need to be, probably say this out loud, that would feel so weird to me if you were going to do that because that meant I'd be going, I'm going to be here a long, long time, right? Hospitality takes a long time on that. So how much and how long? Get three sias of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. And you all, of course, know what a sia is, so I don't need to explain that. The total here is, according to Marty anyways, about 80 loaves of bread. Handmade, no bread maker, probably had a light the fire. Imagine that. So you've got three guests, and then you've got your people, but each of your guests is roughly getting 25 or so loaves of bread. That ought to be enough. I don't know. I can't eat 25 loaves of bread. So what are they saying? They're saying, you're here. I want to honor you by making sure 
there's way too much. Now, that I know we know. I've been to enough um, social gatherings where everyone's meant to bring something, and we all bring enough for 45 people so that when there's 45 people there, there's enough food for 4,000 people. That's really bad math, but you get the idea, right? Because what's the most terrifying thing? We ran out of stuff, right? We didn't have enough to bring. And that's what this is all about. It's about having that extra um, that shows the honor, the appreciation, and the celebration of the moment. And then thorough and attentive. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set, them, set these before them. And then while they ate, he sat near them under a tree. Right? And I have experienced this, again, from a, a warm culture person. Um, so when we were in Brampton, um, we sponsored some folks to come as refugees from Pakistan. And um, I went to visit them, and I intentionally came at 10 in the morning so that they wouldn't have to feed me because I'm cold culture. And they said, would you like something to eat? And I said, sure, thinking I'm going to get tea and maybe, you know, a cookie or something small like that. Yeah, no, it was uh, dinner is what I would call it. Um, there was meat, and there was rice, and there was um, bread. Not three sias worth, but there was bread. And, of course, while we're waiting, I got to watch the cooking and wait for the cooking and, and you know, go through, okay, I'm not making my next appointment and all those kinds of things that go through my mind. And then when the food was set before me, this was one of those hospitality things you need to learn too, I think, I realized there were no utensils. I don't know how you eat rice and meat, but I usually use utensils. And then, of course, because the host, like Abraham, was, there's no tree, we were in, in a house, but he was sitting beside me and he's watching me because I'm supposed to eat first because I'm the guest. And so finally I had to say to him, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you please eat so I can watch you so I actually know how to eat this? And he showed me how to scoop up my food with my bread and so on um, and not embarrass myself or him. And in this culture, um, the wife of the couple, whenever I would meet them, one, they would make me food like this even if I insisted that they didn't. And two, she would not come and sit and talk with us until all of the... Um, the cleaning up had been done until all the cooking had been done. In fact, her job, her hosting, her hospitality was all about that food and whether or not she got to be in the conversation was clearly secondary to her. And I said, um, in our culture, I said, you need to at least, at least understand this. I actually expect you to talk with me as well. So in, in your culture, hospitality is the ultimate honor. In our culture, being in the conversation is the ultimate honor. So I want you to do both if you would. And we, we worked that out. Um, over time. Again, that deep, deep sense that this hospitality thing is above and beyond a huge honor to the person, but also for the person being able to host. And finally, to business. So what I have with my friend Peter. Okay, now I know what we're going to talk about. We're done eating, all those things. Where's your wife Sarah? Now, think about what they're talking about here, right? They're talking about a child being born to a 99-year-old man and his wife at 190, 190, Abraham and Sarah, right? That's going to change the direction of history. That's a promised child. This is huge news. I don't know about you, but when I walk in with that kind of news, I kind of blurt it out. By the way, you're going to have a child. Okay, sure, I'll stay for dinner, right? Not all of this washing, preparing, eating, and then finally that moment. Because that connection, that relationship, that expression of love 
right, was a deep, deep and important part of this. Abraham understood that, his community understood that, and then they got to the business. Where's your wife, Sarah? There in the tent, he said, and one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And it did seem a bit funny. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, am I, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? At this age, I'm going to have a child? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? So after all this hospitality, all this connection, she kind of misses that key moment when the ultimate announcement's being made, what has been promised to you, what's going to change your world is going to come to you, and she laughs. But I think the next piece is the most important. It was awkward, but it was not disqualifying. I don't know about you, but I have no problem coming up with in my mind moments where I said something that's deeply embarrassing and awkward, and I didn't know how to take it back because I was dealing with the fact that I was feeling really embarrassed and awkward. But I think the message we need to hear from this story and from Jesus overall is that the fact that you've done something awkward, embarrassing, and even just downright wrong does not disqualify you from his promise to receive your hospitality, allow you to have him enter into your heart, but also to give you his hospitality to welcome you into his family and into his kingdom. So they say, the visitors, the angels, the Lord, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Right? I always think it's, em- it's so important to emphasize God's truth and his plan for this world does not depend on your ability to believe it. God's ability to forgive you and to love you does not depend on your ability to receive that. God is doing this. God has already won the victory in Jesus Christ. God has already conquered sin and death. He has already given forgiveness The ongoing question is, are we engaged in receiving him, in hosting him, in allowing his forgiveness and his truth to enter deeply into our lives? So Sarah was afraid, and so she lied. I don't know about you, been there, done that, and said, I did not laugh. And this is the showstopper. She said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. You can just hear the angel, the Lord's voice there going, you know, and I know, that that's what happened. And the promise still stands, and you're still my child, and you're still accepted, and you are still part of the journey. You will receive that son, not because you didn't laugh, not because you completely get it, not because you understand my ways, but because I am the Lord, and I have promised. So folks, when you, as we begin to open up, have more opportunity to host people, to be hospitable, to make connections. Remember the story of Abraham. Remember this incredibly high standard of hospitality. And you may laugh at it because it's beyond probably what you are going to do in this culture, and it would probably be weird if you did it in this culture to this extent. But recognize that God's level of hospitality as exhibited in Abraham is far beyond anything we would ever think of or imagine doing. But that as you're in those conversations, when it gets to truth speaking, when people start to speak from their heart, God may well be speaking to you. And it may be from someone from a different culture, maybe from someone from a different religion, maybe 
from somebody who is so other than you that you're going, can God speak through that person? And then I'm going to give you a quick look at Numbers 22. God actually spoke through a donkey once. He can talk through you. He can clearly talk through me. He can talk through anyone. Be hospitable and pay attention to what God says. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we listen to your word today, we pray that your truth, your call to remember to entertain strangers would be a call that shapes who we are and how we live and where we go. And we pray, Lord, that we would continue to be attentive to your call in our lives for the mission that you've put in our hands as well as to um, your call to us through whoever it is we meet along the way. May we listen to you, may we listen to others, and may we find truth and beauty and restoration all along the way. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.